Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle, and you know us. We're that HR dashboard company helping all of you HR and people leaders out there always thinking, why is my HR reporting process so tedious, so time consuming, so manual? We know that every time you want to understand all the different metrics and data behind your workforce, you're typically logging into your HRIS, ATS, engagement system, performance system, and that's just the start of it. You may have six, eight, ten different HR systems you're pulling data from. That can drive you crazy. Well, that's why we built Employee Cycle, your all-in-one HR dashboard that automatically connects to all the most popular systems you're using. Are you using ADP, Bamboo HR, Namely, Zenefits, Paycom, Trinet, Paylocity, Greenhouse, 155, Reflective? Who knows what you're using? Employee Cycle connects to all the most popular HR systems to be able to bring all your data into one place so that you can view, share, track, and analyze that data together. Please visit EmployeePsycho.com, check us out, get a demo. We would love to learn how we could help automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have a great guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Steve Blair. He's the VP of People and Culture at Harvest Group. And today we're going to discuss why your culture is your most important recruiting marketing tool. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Steve, welcome! Oh, Bruce, man, you've got one heck of a of a welcome. I love I love hearing that when I listen to your podcast. It's a lot of fun. We're so happy that HR leaders want to be on our show that we have to give you the best welcome possible. So, Steve, we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Man, I love that question. Uh, and it's one I get to talk about a lot because my path has, uh, I guess you could say my path is, is a bit unique, but I started my career a long time ago. I'll just leave it at that, Bruce, with uh, Procter and Gamble right out of college and in a sales program and a sales management program. And I did that for 17 years with the company, uh, quickly moving uh, through different roles and landing in Northwest Arkansas, working on their Walmart account. But one of the many great things about P&G, and there are many great things about P&G, but one of the best ones, I think, is that they always look for ways for people to, to bring their whole self to work and to bring their passions to work. And, and one of the early areas that I felt and they identified was um, my kind of unique passion for people and the organization. And so while I was you know, doing 17 years of sales management work, I also had the opportunity, and I called them my P&G hobbies, but I had the opportunity to facilitate new hire training sessions, to facilitate sales colleges, and even lead campus recruiting for North America. At that time, HR didn't lead recruiting. It was a line-led, uh, function-led function. And so in addition to my work handling uh, the baby care business for Walmart, they allowed me to lead the campus recruiting effort for the company for sales for North America. And then my last two years with the company... They uh, asked me to step out of sales leadership roles and do a broadening assignment leading our capability development organization for North America sales. And it was really in those opportunities that it became clear that while I love 
the business and I love the commercial aspects of business strategy. Where my true gifts and talents could could shine brighter is helping the organization and developing the people that do that kind of work. And so that's what I've I've been blessed to have those opportunities at companies like Procter and Gamble and, and Ghirardelli Chocolate. And then that brought me to Harvest, where I like to tell people that um, you know for for my first twenty plus years of my career, I, I got to I got to have hobbies at work, and now uh, God has prepared me for exactly where I am now to where it's my actual job. Uh, my hobbies have become my job. And that's a pretty fun place to live when you show up to work every day, excited to do what you love. You definitely have the killer experience at work because most people would kill to have their passion be their job. That yeah, typically is never the same. Very, very lucky. And it doesn't seem like you take it for granted at all. So that's awesome. Yeah. So Steve, today we're talking about why your culture is your most important recruiting marketing tool. And I know there's some HR leaders out there thinking, what does that even mean? And so in order to kick this thing off, I really want to understand what is your culture? How do you define culture? What does that mean to you and Harvest Group? Uh, yeah, it, it's funny. If, if you listen to as many podcasts as I do, or you read books like we all do, um, there are about a million different definitions of culture. And, you know, it's all the way from what's the smell of the place. That's one that's probably 30 years old. You know, I, I believe that uh, the culture of an organization is really the, the through line that connects all of the different elements of what I'll call the, the employment tra- uh, proposition or the, or the employer brand of an organization in the context of attracting and retaining talent. Right. So if you think about the things that go into that equation, the company has to offer prolific work, distinctive work that get people excited and that's meaningful. They have to compensate them competitively. Competitively, they have to offer compelling benefits. But I believe that that where all of that comes together is the opportunity for an individual to connect personally with the organization. Whether that's the purpose of the organization, the people within the organization, you've got to find your spot in an organization's mission, vision, values, in their business strategy. And, and, and the company has got to do that in a way that provides great benefits, great compensation, competitive in both of those areas, and work that is meaningful and challenging and rewarding and inspirational. And I think all of those things, you just jam all of those things together. And, you, and what you get is, is the, the feel of the organization and the atmosphere in which a person can work. And it's interesting. We, we, we hear, I get, I get the opportunity to meet with every new employee at Harvest on, their, on or around their 90th day just to kind of do an onboarding check-in. And um, I ask a whole number of questions, but one of the most popular answers I get or one of the most common answers I get uh, to, to what has been surprising to you as you have joined the organization versus what you expected before you came and the most common answer I get is that I actually can bring my whole self to work. Like I don't have to 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 take that walk from the car to the door in the parking lot to the to the elevator and change who I am in order to be successful. And and to me, that's really the essence of a great culture is when the, when the individual can match with the organization in a way that lets them do their best work with people they love, um, with clients that they love and are inspired by. And it's in a and it's in a healthy, balanced environment. 
probably way more than you bargained for, but that's kind of my my perspective around the culture of an organization. It's all of those components, how they all interconnect, and it ultimately boils down to an individual's experience at work. I appreciate that comprehensive answer. And so when we're thinking about recruiting marketing tools, you know, I've interviewed a lot of HR leaders about their recruiting tech stack and all the things they're doing to attract the best talent possible. And typically you'll hear them talk about their applicant tracking system or hiring software. They'll talk about career pages and videos, conferences, different types of marketing tools that they'll do online and different channels. Maybe they're trying to be progressive and market on places like Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. But I've never heard anyone say that culture is the the main driver from a recruitment marketing standpoint. And so give us some context in regards to why you believe that and how that's working at Harvest. Yeah, I would tell you, Bruce, you know, we, we work in the Northwest Arkansas market is our headquarters. We have operations in Minneapolis and in Cincinnati, and we even have an office in Tunisia, North Africa. And so when you think of those marketplaces, those are very competitive cities. If you think about those, those at least those three stateside cities, that's where Target is headquartered. Uh, Cincinnati is where Kroger is headquartered. And of course, Northwest Arkansas is where Walmart and Sam's Club are headquartered. Those marketplaces are full of really, really strong talent. And so I have come to believe, and it didn't take me long, that culture is the currency of today's talent marketplace. There are, there are, I've heard there are nearly 2,000 supplier teams that have operations, and operations meaning at least one person living on the ground here in Northwest Arkansas. So if you're looking to make slightly more money, you could, you could, you could easily find a role tomorrow in a like-sized organization but if you're really looking for a place that you want to stay, and if that place is looking for the top talent, I have come to believe strongly that the culture of that organization, the work that's available, the ability to have some kind of work-life integration, the opportunity to work with smarter people than you've ever worked with on any one team before, all of those things combined, that to me is the currency of at least top talent in an organization. And so you can you can dial it all the way back to when the company was founded in 2006 the founders did not set out necessarily to launch a business although they did they clearly did but these three individuals had a heart for people and a heart for culture they actually set out to build an organization that they would want to work in and that they would want to attract top talent to so they actually focused on the mission of the organization, the vision they had for the future, and the values that they would operate with, those naturally yielded a culture of the first, you know, three, four, five, six people. And then it's been that culture that has led to the business growth that we've had, which has led to the need for extra top talent, which has led to our opportunity to expand. And so that's really where I think the, the culture has played out for us is as we have recruited top talent, those competitive marketplaces have noticed have noticed that top talent coming to harvest. Then we've done a, a better job than we've ever done at communicating that via social channels, LinkedIn primarily. Um, we're not much of a TikTok, TikTok company, Bruce, but um, <laughs> uh, I have a 19-year-old daughter, and so she and I love that medium, and we have fun with that. But um, as a company, we're not necessarily on there. Uh, but But we've done our best to 
to not to not market our culture, so to speak, but really uh, showcase our culture. And to me, those are different. Uh, marketing a culture is doing a shiny brochure, uh, staging a photo. Um, we just we just want our people and the work that we do and the fun that we have as a team to be seen naturally, authentically. And then we want those people to hear about the other top talent that are coming and ask the question, I wonder what Harvest has to offer and how did they get that individual to come work for them? I've worked with that person before and they're amazing. And so that's really been the extent of our employment marketing. Now, you mentioned the tools that we use. We, we have invested. Now that we've kind of reached uh, uh, over 100 employees, we're now at 160 employees across the two countries and three off, or four offices. We've embraced Bamboo HR as our HRIS. We've, we've employed some really cool technology in our recruiting process that is consistent with our brand. That's the other thing is, is uh, we, we've always maintained that our interviews have to be authentically representing our culture uh, because th- that does no good to do an interview that doesn't authentically represent your culture and then show up at the company and you and you bought something that you don't get to experience. We have found that technology has actually helped us live out that culture better in this virtual environment that we've all had to navigate. Um, we haven't done in-person interviews in a while. Um, so yeah, we, we found that we've had to be really nimble in how we can live out and showcase that culture in order to attract that top talent. In our prep call, you mentioned that one of the biggest drivers of building your team was the ability to have your existing team drive a lot of referrals and a lot of referrals in regards to new candidates. So can you talk about how having a great culture actually drove your existing employees to really generate a lot of referral candidates because a lot of companies struggle with this and they're always trying to figure out how do we do this? Do we post it on the office, all around the office? Do we say, hey, hiring, please make referrals? Do we give people a $100,000 referral bonus for any candidate that gets past a certain stage in the interview or gets hired? Yeah. Do we constantly email and ping our employees on Slack or through email or text message, hey, don't forget to hire or make sure that you refer somebody to join our great team. I mean, people are constantly figuring this out, and a lot of people aren't doing a good job at it. So how did you crack open this secret and figure out how to do it? Yeah, I, w- I will tell you, it, it it does not, Our luckily, we're blessed that it does not involve us pounding our people to, to go recruit for us. The, the, the way that it has worked for us here at Harvest is, we, and I'm being as genuine and as transparent as I can, We've tried to make a culture and, and deliver growth opportunities for people that, that make them want to invite top talent to join us. And so, you know, we, we've been blessed as we talked in the, in the pre-call, you know, I joined the company. We had 28 employees. They had a vision to get to 50 and we're currently at 160. And of those roles of that 132 people that we've hired in the last five plus years, We've engaged with a with a recruiter, a, a paid recruiter, approximately four times, and two of those individuals are no longer with the company. Yet we have an annual annualized uh, trailing twelve month look uh, retention rate of about ninety four percent. So it's all about authentically delivering a culture that makes people want 
to come do great work. And and then that in turn makes them want to bring really smart, talented people along for the ride. Um, now, let's be clear. We've also done a, a fairly decent job of communicating that via LinkedIn. So it's not just employee referrals that that we're using. It's it's other kinds of referrals. We have referrals coming from clients that have uh, friends in the industry that are talented that that they recommend come work with us. It's uh, it's really all over the board, but it's been really exciting to see and and just to, to put some data to it. The um, I'm sure you and your podcast audience are aware of what an E Net Promoter Score is. It's kind of the the new job satisfaction or a a, a good deep job satisfaction proxy is is the question of how likely are you to recommend your company or in this case Harvest Group to others to come work for and and, and we track that we track that on a quarterly basis through uh, our our tool with Bamboo HR and and we have a, a, an eNet promoter score uh, higher than 60 which if anyone is familiar with ENPS anything above 0 is considered positive and it really, if you get above 20, 30, 40, it's like, man, you're doing something right. And we are blessed because our team uh, on a quarterly basis is between 55 and 65 on that score. But here's what's important about that. They, uh, Bamboo doesn't just ask for a number. They make, they make us share why we, we answered the way we did. This last quarter, our employees, 150 that participated in the, in the uh, pulse check, they submitted 11,500 words of verbatim comments as to either why they gave us a high rating, a, a, a nine or a 10, or why they gave us anything lower than a seven as to would you recommend Harvest as an employer? The leadership team reads every word of those 11,500 words, and then we immediately respond to things that need to be responded to. And we, we, we address issues that are bubbling up in the organization. So every quarter, we have a chance to take a pulse check and importantly, we take action on that. And I think it's that that repetition of listening, learning, and acting that that helps us keep that culture strong, which then in turn encourages folks to want to invite friends. And as you and I talked, Bruce, in, in the opening, um, sometimes, and we felt this three years ago, sometimes a, a referral loop can lead to an organization of, can or at least a, a funnel of candidates that look, sound, and act like everyone you already have, because those are the people that are in their network. And so that's been a big priority of mine over the last uh, three and a half years, is to ensure that the, the top of the funnel, the top of the candidate funnel, is full of all different kinds of skill sets and backgrounds and, and um, experience sets, so that we can have a diverse candidate pool, in all senses of the word diverse, so that when we do pick the very best candidate, which is what we do for every opening that we have, we've got a, a very uh, compelling, diverse, interesting mix of candidates to pick from. Uh, and, and that that honestly, for a couple of years, we we it's not that we were not doing that. We weren't intentional about that. And we could feel a little bit of that referral loop happening. And we immediately responded. Awesome. And then my last question for you. For any HR leader out there listening, thinking, you know what, we have a great culture and I'm trying to leverage our culture in a much more strategic way to better hire and get our existing employees and workforce to refer. 
if there were if there was one thing that they remembered from this interview, what would you want them to remember in regards to making that happen? Oh man, you're going to make me pick one, aren't you? Um, if I had to pick one, I would say tell lots and lots and lots of stories. Tell stories in the interviews. Tell stories at team meetings. Tell stories uh, when you're when you're doing podcast interviews. Tell stories when you are at lunch with friends. It's the stories of how the culture plays out that really bring to life. Oh, so when you talk about having a a culture of of relationship where you want to pursue depth and trust through collaboration, here's a story of how that happened and when that happened. And, and all of a sudden, the, the culture comes to life. So I would say uh, we, uh, encourage people to craft and tell stories about your culture. We take, a, we take a, a, a one team meeting every quarter. We have a team meeting every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10. We take at least one meeting a quarter, and we do nothing but tell stories about where we have seen our culture play out in the wild, so to speak, uh, with clients, with employees, with teammates, with spouses. We do nothing for that hour but tell stories about each other and where we have seen the culture play out. And then that translates to someone's doing an interview next week and a candidate asks a question about the culture and this person can relay that story as a very recent last 30 days kind of thing. Here's how that value of relationship plays out in our in our organization. And so I would say if there's one thing, learn to tell stories. And, and there's lots of storytelling is a, is a super catchy phrase lately. Um, I would tell you, one my, my friend Paul Smith is one of the absolute best at storytelling, specifically around uh, companies and cultures. Um, but learn to tell a good story because those, those have lasting impact in your organization. That is very interesting and tangible advice. What it sounds like you're saying is that HR leaders should create culture case studies. That's a great way to put it, Bruce. Yes, that's exactly what I was trying to say, and you said it better. <laughs> well, I had the benefit of hearing you talk about it first. And then <laughs> awesome. We might have to have you back on to talk about what is a culture case study and oh, that'd be fun. And then how to create that and what should be included because I think that that's that's a huge opportunity for a lot of HR leaders. But Love Steve, it. thank you so much for being a guest on our show today for dropping all this knowledge and wisdom around such an important topic and we really thank you so much for being a guest on our show. So Thank you for being on the show, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce, and all of those people that are in the studio with you. Yeah, there's a lot of us here. (laughs) They all said, you know, you're welcome. (laughs) So with that being said, Steve, where can people find you and Harvest Group online? Yeah, man, I would say from a Harvest Group standpoint, it's super easy. HarvestGroup.com, that's our website. Yeah, you can get a feel for kind of the organization and the culture. Uh, and then I'm, of course, on LinkedIn. Uh, Blair Steve is my actual like username, I guess, profile. But you can just search Steve Blair. And if you if there's a lot of those, which there might be, uh, I'm located in Fayetteville, Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas. Um, and I would love to connect with folks. Uh, I, I, lo- I love getting the opportunity to hear about other other cultures and ways that that we can do a better job of strengthening ours as we go forward. So I'm I'm wide open to connect with folks and hear great stories. Awesome. Please reach out, please reach out to Steve. As he said, he's wide open for communication and really interested in meeting with others in the space. And we'll be sure to include Steve and Harvest Group contact info on in the show notes. And so for everyone listening, 
If you enjoyed this podcast as much as Steve and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and also leave a comment because who doesn't want to hear that they're doing a good job? Also, if this is your very first Employee Psycho interview that you've listened to and you came here because you're either already a huge super fan of Steve and you just had to hear what he was going to say or you thought that this topic was compelling and you just stopped by to give it a listen, but now you're hungry for more episodes, then please subscribe to the Employee Psycho Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast players. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.